okay, God, well, what do you want to share with people this week? And this phrase basically came to my mind and said, what to do when the circumstances of your life are beyond your control? This virus is not, it's beyond our control. I know we tried, oh, we can do this and we can do that. But the reality, mask, no mask, uh, shot, no shot, people are getting it. So it's beyond our control. So there's other sicknesses that are beyond our control. We can't do anything about it. We just have to deal with it as those things come. Same thing happens with economy. How many of you know you can't control the economy? It's going to go up. It's going to go down. Uh, that would be nice if you could control it, but you can't do that, not unless you're a senator. Okay, I'm just kidding there. Uh, you can't even control your own family, how they act, choices that they make, the choices they don't make. And yet, here's the thing. With all of these things that are out of our control, so many of the times we stress, sometimes we carry guilt over what what could I have done? What should I have done to keep this thing from happening? I mean, like, like sickness. Should I have done this? Should I not have done that? And, and I'm just going to say, my wife is a vitamin pusher. She asks me all the time, did you take your vitamin? Did you take your vitamin? And I'm going to be honest, I don't always follow through with that. So what if I did? What if I did take it? Could it have hindered this? Could it have uh, stopped that? I don't know. When it comes to the economy, should I invest here? Shouldn't I not invest here? And, you know, some that invested this past year in Bitcoin find out that maybe I should have pulled my money out sooner. Looked like a great investment. Or what about, what if I saved more? What if I didn't buy this? We just can't control all of that things. And the same thing, like I said, is true with family relationships. And, and I think parents face this most of all, especially if, and maybe you, you understand this, if your kids went off the rail, away from the way that you raised them. And so then we begin to question ourselves, where did I drop the ball? Where did I blow it? Was I a bad mom? Was I a bad dad? I just want to say that, that we know many ministers, pastors, evangelists, missionaries who have had kids that have just kind of gone off the rails. And, and I know it's hard to accept, but we need to accept the fact there are no perfect parents. You made mistakes. Just like your parents made mistakes, their parents made mistakes. And if you have kids that are parents or becoming parents, guess what? They're going to make mistakes. It's just a reality. I mean, here's the thing. Welcome to the uh, imperfect parent world. That's how it is. The only perfect parent is our Heavenly Father. And guess what? He has this whole slew of kids that have gone off the rails. Am I right? You and I, we can't control our kids. We can't control our siblings. We can't control our parents or anybody else for that matter, they are situations that are simply beyond our control. So what do we do when we hit one of those situations in life, whether it's health, finances, relationships, a whole bunch of other things that are beyond our control? So I was praying about this, and I was, I'm just going to give, this is going to be a short message, uh, but I think you can grab something out of it, is the story of Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi, the circumstances that they were in, the book of Ruth opens up with their dire situation that neither one of them brought about. But I want to read it to you. It's out of Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. It says, In the days when the judges ruled in the land, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home, went to live in a country of Moab, Taking his wife and two sons with him, the man's name was Abimelech, and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were uh, Ephrathites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And when they reached Moab, they settled there. 
Verse 3, then Abimelech died. Listen, that's nobody's fault. People die. We're, none of us live forever. And it says Naomi was then left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women, one uh, woman named Orpha and the other named Ruth. But about 10 years later, both of them died. Okay, whose fault is that? It's nobody's fault. But that circumstance, the scripture says, left Naomi alone without her two sons and her husband, and uh, she had her two daughter-in-laws. That's a bad situation to be in, especially back in. There were no social services. It was like women needed men, husbands, or sons to help sustain life because they couldn't make the living that is. That famine, the famine itself wasn't anybody's fault. It was a situation that happened. People dying, it's nobody's fault. But the circumstances left them in a desperate situation. And I think you and I can learn something about that. When you find yourself in a situation that it's beyond your control, you can't do anything about it, you're just there. Can I tell you, number one, you, if you're writing notes down, because I can't hand you out a, an outline, uh, but number one is to calm down and wait to hear from God. Calm down and wait to hear from God. I love, here's a, here's a verse you can commit to memory if you haven't done it. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend or do not lean on your own understanding. Seek His will in all that you do, and He will show you which path to take. Listen, this is a promise that God is giving us. He's basically saying, if you will trust me with all your heart, don't lean on your own understanding. And I know, here's the thing, you can't trust God with just half your heart and the other half lean on your own understanding. It's like all or none. Am I trusting God or am I leaning on my own understanding? But if I can get to the point where, where I uh, release my own understanding and say, okay, God, I trust you, and he says to seek him in all that you do, then God is going to show you what path to take. There's all kinds of paths that we'll take. Our mind will tell us to take this way, but if you will listen to God, God will show you the right way to go. And the fact is, when we face these circumstances that are beyond our control, and let's be honest, I know my mind wants to try to fix it. All right, God, here I am. I'm in this situation. What should I do? You know, we start juggling the balls and start trying to figure out and, and, and scheme and figure out the right thing to do. Uh, but that's leaning on our own understanding. We're like with our wisdom and our ability, we're going to figure this thing out. And I know, I mean, that's like the American way. Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and, and, and figure this thing out. So trusting in God, boy, that's a whole different path. That's a whole different situation. And, and can I say that trusting God, depending on your, uh, not depending on your own understanding, that doesn't take place in a 15-minute prayer. All right, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm not relying on my understanding. No, there is a process that God takes us through in that that often includes this term that none of us like, and that's waiting. Sometimes we have to wait. Sometimes we have to wait to trust God, to learn from Him, to listen for His direction. And, uh, and it begins by, by spending that time when alone with Him and saying, okay, God, I'm waiting. I mean, think about Scripture. There's so many Scriptures that talk about waiting on the Lord. You know, those that wait on the Lord, He will renew their strength. Nothing happens overnight. So God will open the right door at the right time. How many of you believe that? The right time. It's not your time. It's God's time. God's going to teach us things through that waiting process. 
we're learning to, uh, to let go of our own understanding and learning to trust Him, that is such a process. Now, going back to Naomi and Ruth, uh, when her sons died, uh, we don't know how long. I ended at verse 5, and then in verse 6, it starts uh, a different part, but we don't know how much time. How much time passed between the time her sons died until the time when they decided to go back? We don't know. It's probably not, wasn't an instant thing. Nobody gets up and picks up and moves, you know, overnight. It is a process, but let's look at what happened. Verse 6, it says, Then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. So she heard, and who knows when that news came. Maybe it was a month later, maybe it was two months later, six months later, we don't know. But all of a sudden she heard that all of a sudden God is blessing. Back where there was a famine at one time that drove them away, now things have turned around. And so the scripture says, so Naomi and her daughter-in-law got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland. So this is an open door. Like, oh, God is blessing there. And like I said, if you'll notice, it didn't say that she, you know, after her sons died, she got up and left. No, it wasn't until she heard that God was blessing people back in her homeland that she decided to get up and go. She could have just gone back, but waiting for the right sign from God is, uh, is important. And I think it's important for each and every one of us. For Naomi, that right uh, word from God was the re- uh, good report coming for God, about God's blessings. I don't know what the report may be for you. I don't know what you may have to hear, but I know this, that God speaks to us in many different ways. You know, it may not be a report like that, but God will confirm what He wants you to do in many different ways, sometimes through His Word, reading God's Word, listening to a message. Maybe God might speak to you through this message. Sometimes other, uh, just having conversation with other people, God may reveal to you what your next step ought to be. It could be completely unrelated circumstances that God is speaking to you. I just want to say this, when God communicates, nothing is off limits. I mean, think about it. Balaam, God used a donkey to speak to Balaam. So nothing is off limits. He can use anyone, anything, anytime. But you and I, we must be willing to pause in our life, not make a decision, and listen to God until He gives that direction. In Second or First Kings 19, God spoke to Elijah, the Scripture says, in a still, small voice, or in other translations, it's a gentle whisper. So you don't hear small voices and gentle whispers when you're busy trying to make things happen. We've got to actually slow down, be still, the Scripture says in Psalms, and know that I am Lord. So I've got to pause a little bit. And, uh, and you know, most of the time God does not speak to us like He did Paul. We know the bright shining light uh, knocked him to the ground and he heard this voice. Most of the time it is in that still small voice. So when you hear it, guess what? It's time to go. So let me read that again. Naomi and her daughters, they got ready to, our daughter-in-law got ready to leave for Moab to return to her homeland. With her two daughter-in-laws, she set out from the place where she had been living and they took the road which led them back to Judah. So my second point in this is that it's going to take faith to step out and go where God is leading. And you're thinking, well, how did that take faith for Naomi and her daughter-in-law to head back? Well, uh, women traveling to other countries, traveling alone, that was not safe. 
It's not a safe thing to do because there's a lot of raiders, a lot of people that could have taken advantage of them. And, and sometimes we think, oh, okay, God, you're going to call me and it's going to be safe. There's not going to be any danger, no risk involved. Uh, that's simply not the case. God, it's, sometimes the things God calls us to may not be safe, but they are good. And as I was thinking about this, I remember the line from uh, C.S. Lewis. Some of you guys will know this, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. If you've never read the books or watched the movie, I would encourage that. Uh, but there's a, a, a lion in that that is named Aslan, and he represents Jesus in the book. And there's Mr. Beaver and Susan are having a conversation. And the beaver tells her, Aslan is a lion, the lion, capital L, the great lion. And uh, Susan says, oh, I thought he was a man. Is he uh, quite safe? Asking that question. I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. And the beaver says, safe? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he is good. He's the king, I tell you. And I think the same thing is true. Listen, God calls us to take these steps of faith. If you're just looking for safe, guess what? You're never going to step out of your comfort zone. And I believe that at the same time, you're never going to experience the good things that God has for you because you're living your life on what you think is safe. God calls us to take these steps of faith. Sometimes he leads us into places that don't look so safe, that don't look so good. But how many of you realize God is good? And we can trust that whatever God tells us to do, that He's going to take us through, He's going to guide us through, He's going to be there to protect us. And, uh, and, and so we have to tune our ears. Stop worrying about safe and let's start following God and know He is good. Amen? So step out when you hear God leading. Even if it's just that little whisper, do it. Like step out, trust God. Take yourself out of that equation of making the decision. Remember uh, saw, uh, Proverbs that we read, do not lean on your own understanding. And again, I know that's hard to do that. How do you separate your own understanding between following God? It's, it's a matter of prayer. Sometimes you need conversations with other people like, hey, listen, here's my situation. What do you think? Is this God? Is this me? Have people pray with you about it, but step out because I believe that when you do that, and I'm not going to read the rest of Ruth. You can do that on your own. Uh, but if you can step out when you trust Him, when you wait for Him, we can trust that God will provide. If you do read the rest of the book of Ruth, we see how God provided for Naomi through her daughter-in-law, Ruth. And Ruth, think about this, she wasn't Jewish. She was a Moabite woman who became an ancestor to King David and eventually in the ancestral line of Jesus. How many of you know that's God's provision? God can do things crazy. If she just wanted to play it safe, she could have had the opportunity to go back to her own land just as her sister-in-law did. But she says, no, I'm going to stay here. Your God's going to be my God. I'm going to serve Him. I'm going to serve you. And look at what God did. It wasn't safe, but it was good. Does that make sense? Sometimes God calls us things. It doesn't look safe, but it's good. Step out of the comfort zone, whatever it is. So the question, what are you facing? What are the circumstances in your life that are out of your control? You may be in a situation where maybe some of your own personal decisions put you in a bad situation. 
We, uh, we all do that at times. But here's the good thing. God does not penalize us and condemn us for our stupid decisions or else uh, all of us would be in a bad place. He will show us a way out. Now, mind you, uh, there may be a little reaping with some of the things you sowed, like, like if you were speeding and got a ticket, guess what? You're going to have to pay the fine. But God does still show us a way out. We just have to trust Him. We've got to stop trying to figure it out and surrender it to Him. So I um, just want to give you four real quick steps on how to do this. Number one, it begins with right where you are. To, to come before God and say, God, here's my situation. Now, first of all, how many of you know God already knows your situation, but sometimes we're not willing to confess it. We're still trying to figure out. We're still trying to get it, but like, okay, God, here's my situation, whether it's a health situation, whether it's a, a financial situation, whether there's relationship wars going on in your family or in your life, like, God, here it is. Just lay it out. Present whatever your situation is to God. And, and secondly, if you have done any part of bringing about that bad situation, how many of you know we need to repent? Like if you're in a financial situation because you got yourself way into debt more than you know that you should have, uh, it's time to repent. You may have to do some things to get out of that. But the good thing is, is God that forgives us. I love 1 John 1, 9, another good verse to memorize. It says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So God will forgive us. He will put us in the right place. So uh, begin where you are, identify it, repent if you need to do, uh, do so. Thirdly, if you need to forgive anyone that may have had a part in you being in that situation, uh, that happens all the time. We live in a sinful world. We live our lives sometimes a result of somebody else's sin. Uh, if you ever got in a car accident where somebody else slammed you, you didn't do anything, that's not your fault. But guess what? You still have to pay the, uh, the consequences. So whatever the situation, you may have to forgive some other, someone. Somebody did something to you. Somebody cheated on you. Somebody, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter if they deserve forgiveness it doesn't matter if they've ever asked you. I've heard people say, well, I will forgive them when they ask. No, that, that is not the issue. They may never ask, so what does that mean? You're going to carry unforgiveness in your heart forever? Some people have passed away that have never asked for forgiveness. What are you going to do? You've got to work it out. What matters is where your heart is. Because if you're hanging on, here's the thing, if you can't learn to forgive, guess what? You're never going to be, you're never going to be able to move on. You're going to be stuck at the incidents or the situation that caused you that pain, you will be a prisoner in your own mind and it will begin to develop bitterness and anger and resentment and will literally ruin all the other relationships in your life. So for your own health and safety and really your eternity, we need to, we need to walk through that process of forgiveness. Again, it's not an overnight thing, but you need to get on that path and begin to walk about it. Now, I just want to say this, that forgiveness, if you forgive somebody, it doesn't mean that a relationship is restored. That requires something else called reconciliation. But the reality is you can forgive somebody even if there is no reconciliation. If they have no desire to reconcile, you have no, you know, the scripture says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. So as far as what's on you, I need to walk in forgiveness. 
Uh, the relationship can be restored if we work on that, but even if it doesn't, you can still be free of whatever it is they've done. So let me recap those first three real quick. Identify your circumstance. All right, God, here's the situation. I can't control it, so I need you. Confess any part of it that you may have had. Number three, forgive anyone that had a part in it. And then here's number four, just wait and listen. Be prepared when you feel God is directing and opening a door, do it. Step out. Take that step of faith. And you're saying, wait, Pastor Scott, I've heard this. What if I hear wrong? What if I hear wrong? Well, remember Gideon in Judges chapter 6? He wasn't sure what God was calling him. So what did he do? The scripture says that he put out a fleece and he didn't just do it once. He did it a couple of times to confirm, is that really the word? And I, I just want to say this about laying out fleeces. I'm not a big fan of it, and yet at the same time, I've probably done it. Sometimes our fleeces are ridiculous, like, oh God, if you want me to do it, uh, make this light turn green by the time I get up to it. Or, you know, make this happen. And it's like, God doesn't do magic tricks for you. Uh, sometimes laying out fleeces can be a lack of faith. Sometimes it's just delaying obedience. You already know what God wants you to do, and you're like, oh, and so you put out these fleeces. I mean, think about Abraham. God told Abraham to go sacrifice his son. Now that's a big deal. And, and the scripture says that early the very next morning, Abraham did it. He didn't lay out any fleeces, but here, here's the reality. Between Abraham and Gideon, who really had no faith, or, or maybe a small, tiny part, Abraham had a lot of faith at that time. You and I are probably somewhere in between that, and, and I don't know what it would be, but you know, be honest and say, God, I'm not here to try to test you or do some, some trick, but Lord, I just want to be honest. If you are open and honest and you do step out in faith because you believe you are obeying God, then I, I honestly believe this. God is going to bless you. He's going to use it for your benefit. And let me just catch this. Even if it was the wrong decision, if you did it by faith, trusting God, God is still going to direct you. God is still going to bring it about to something good in your life. And uh, it, it's good, some, like I said, it's good sometimes to talk that over. Hey, listen, I feel like God is leading me in this. And get wise counsel from, from other believers that, that you know have been down this road a while. So I, I can just tell you by my own experience, Colleen and I, uh, almost 35 years of marriage uh, together, we have tried to trust God every step of the way. It's taken us all kinds of ways. Have, have the decisions always been right? I don't know. I mean, I'd like to think so. Maybe not. But one thing I do know that every step of decision that we've made, we've tried to the best of our ability to not make it with selfish motives, not looking for the next step, you know, the way to advance ourselves. And I believe whether right decisions, maybe we missed it on some things, I don't know. But through it all, God has blessed us. He's kept us safe. He's directed our ways, and I believe that He will do the same thing for you. Humble yourself, follow Him. So again, what is your situation? Do you need to repent of something? Is there something that you've done? Oh God, I, I caused this mess in my life. Do you need to forgive somebody that, that maybe did you wrong? Are you at a place right now where, where you're just waiting to hear from God? Because we, we can pray, God, help me to, to hear your voice, that still small voice. Or maybe you're at the place where God is speaking to you 
about making a step of faith and you know that he's told you, you know that he's called that, you know he's spoken it over you, whatever it is, I want to tell you, it's time to move forward if that's where you're at. But whatever it is, I just want to encourage you to pray. Yeah, and we want to pray with you. So uh, if you're watching, obviously you're only watching this online, uh, but you can put something in the comment. You can send us a message privately and just say, you know, I, I need prayer because I'm in this situation. Maybe you need to walk in forgiveness. Listen, that's a conversation between you and God, uh, but waiting, maybe you're waiting to hear from God. We can pray with you over those situations. Maybe you're at the place where you're wanting to take, and you feel like God's telling you to take this step of faith. Uh, we want to pray with you over that. Maybe you just need some counseling on that. Maybe you need somebody to, to sound that off. That's what the body of Christ does for one another. So I want to encourage you to respond. Uh, somehow let us know. And uh, we believe that God is going to do a great thing in your life. Now, I'm going to close in prayer, but I do want to say next week, we are back. Everything's functioning. Everything's going. Uh, so I want to encourage you, come back. COVID's over. All that stuff's over. All of us are going to be healed up in Jesus' name. And uh, let, me, let me close in prayer for you. Father, I thank you that you are good. Father, that whatever the circumstances of life, they're just circumstances. Lord, you're still God. You're still over it all. COVID or not, relationship issues or not, Lord, whatever it is, Lord, we make a conscious choice not to live in fear, but Father, to follow after you in faith believing that you have everything in control. And Lord, regardless of the circumstances of our life, there is nothing too big or so crazy or so messed up that you cannot lead us out into a place of victory. Lord, you are an amazing God. You are a provider. You are a protector. Lord, you are a God of reconciliation. So I just want to pray that, Lord, where relationships have gone haywire, Lord, I just want to declare healing. I want to pray reconciliation over those relationships. Lord, where people are in a financial bind, in a tight situation, Lord God, you are our provider, and we just hang on that. Lord, we believe that. Father, those that are struggling with a, a health issue or maybe somebody in their family is, Lord, I want to declare healing in your name. Lord God, you, you don't just talk about healing. Lord, you are healer. And so, Lord, I just declare, listen, if you're listening and you need a healing, just place your hand wherever that is. It's on your body. If it's something in your chest, your knee, whatever, just begin to declare, Lord, thank you for being my healer. Lord, I, I thank you, and I give you praise right now. And Lord God, I'm not looking for symptoms, but I'm looking for healing. And I just declare that right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you are listening and you have never given your life to the Lord, uh, we talk about these promises, but listen, the first step is to make sure that you are a follower of Christ. So if you are not a follower of Christ, can I lead you in a prayer? And you just say, listen, I want to commit my life to you. I want to encourage you to repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. And I want to commit my life to you from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Simplistic prayer, but if you meant it from your heart, then that means that God has welcomed you into his kingdom. Listen, if that's you, let us know. And if you're in the Cameron Park area, then we want to see you on Sunday.
just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. That's a prayer for 
our prayer, Lord, that you, God, that your name would burn bright, Lord, that we would be um, just real reflections of who you've called us to be, God, that we wouldn't be ashamed of the name of Jesus, Lord, that we would live it out proud. God, we just, we love you when we worship you. God, we thank you for the time that we we had to, to gather, Lord, the word that we heard, and um, God, that you're just, you are good, you are faithful, and, and we just, we worship you, Jesus. Um, thank you guys for joining us online, and uh, we hope to see you in person next week um, at 9 or 10.30. So, thank you. Thank you.